This, this is the Our Auto Expert Podcast. Find us on air, online, on mobile, and on your smart speaker. Please subscribe at ourautoexpert.com. Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert. Now, here's the host of Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert. Nick Miles. Locally created, nationally celebrated from the northwest to the southeast. This is the World's Car Radio Show. If it has a throttle, we'll feature it on air, online, on smartphone, or on smart speaker. This is Our Auto Expert. Two million Americans get their automotive information daily from Our Auto Expert. Uh, in the studio is uh, Air Filter Anthony and Clappy McSlappington. Yeah, that's my part of the show. That's why I got hired to do. Auto, and, <laughs> auto Andy. Um or automatic, Andy. I, I feel like, you know, like like the pizza monkeys, that they just do that. That's the one with the, with symbols. the, the symbols. The pizza monkey, I'm not familiar with him. Of course, it had to be food. Because I just remember that, was, that part was the most exciting part when you'd go to the pizza place. In the monkey? Portland. Yeah, because you'd put a little quarter in its tail, and then it would just it would do that. Oh. Are we merging alarm clocks with Chuck E. Cheese right now? We know. might be. Okay. There's That's a lot I'm go- good with that. There's a lot going on in my head. A- <laughs> Diabetes may be involved somewhere yeah. along the line. Yeah, I'm not sure what's going on. There's a lot of sugar. <laughs> There's a lot of sugar involved. Um, I went to California this week to um, to several different events. One, I can't talk about one. All I can tell you is one is mouth-dropping. Um, but the other one is um, the Volvo C40 which is the coupe version of their CX-40, is their all-electric smallest vehicle in the fleet. And it's a great vehicle. It does have one drawback. It's $58,000 starting. Too, <gasps> mu- too much money. I paid, and, and I'm open about this, great vehicle. I just think electric cars have got to come down in price. Uh, the vehicle we drove to the studio today, the Audi e-tron, G, uh, the Audi e-tron GT RS is how much, Andy? That one in particular is 142 oh, and man. some change. It's round, the, but the one we have is round upable for sure to a buck and a half. It's amazing. I'm just telling you right now. If our intern gets off his back ass and shows up today, oh, highly um, unlikely. You don't think he's coming? <laughs> no. Okay. If uh, if um, Oscar. What do we call him? Uh, Oxygen sensor. Oxygen sensor. If oxygen sensor, if oxygen sensor shows up today, um, and he gets a ride in this, he's gonna be very excited. Yeah, he'll need an adult diaper or a teenage diaper, whatever. (laughs) He's gonna be very excited. It's a Um, beautiful car. I love it. It's amazing. Just too much money. Electric cars are too much money. The the uh, I get it. And then it's not the automaker's fault. This is just everything in them is brand new. It's technology. It's expensive. Mm-hmm. It's just too new. When you can buy a vehicle for a new vehicle for under $20,000, um, you know, these vehicles are just too expensive. You think it's going to be like the like the thing? Remember back in the in the eighties when the VCRs came out and it was a thousand dollars back in the eighties. Of course. So is that I, you is can't that even buy be, a VCR now? No, you can't even find one. Um, so is that going to be similar? Yeah. They, what were VCRs before they disappeared? Like you could probably get one for uh, twenty five dollars. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A nice one. Like a combo with a DVD. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Combo. You could get one for twenty five, thirty five dollars. 
Uh, I bought my parents the a original C- hybrid. I bought yeah. I <laughs> I bought my parents. Well, there's probably something before that. Two twin tape deck recorders. That's where the oh, original hybrid. Nice. Is. Okay, okay. I bought my parents a CD player tape deck for Christmas, mm-hmm. and you can buy those for seventeen dollars now. Yeah. Um, I didn't buy them because I didn't recognize any of the brand names. I bought them a Sony, which was like $43. And even that was... Oh, 30 of that was because it's Sony. Yeah. Yeah, it was great. Uh, I still have to show my mom every week how to work it. But yeah, that's a whole <laughs> different story. I So I was at this Volvo. Let me finish my story at the C40 event. And I'm tired of old journalists. Like, there were guys there that... So Volvo is such a progressive, amazing company that they are doing just things that are off the hook with taking garbage, taking garbage and making it into cars. They're taking stuff that would end up in landfill, garbage, actual garbage, and making it into cars. They're using stuff that we're throwing away. They're they're extracting waste. I mean, BMW are doing this. Mercedes are doing. Everyone's doing this. Wow. They're taking stuff that is going into garbage dumps. I mean, pet bottles. Everyone's doing this. You know, they, they drink the, the coffee cup that you've got there. Mm-hmm. That stuff. They're taking that and making it into carpets, into seats, into everything. I mean, that's not new. That's old tech. Right. Sure. But they're doing things like Mercedes are taking mushrooms and making them into seats in two weeks. Yeah. And shoes. Adidas have been doing this forever. Yeah. Like there's so much incredible tech that they're doing that it's and then but they're not doing leather in cars anymore. Leather's expensive. It takes a long time to grow. You have to use quite a lot of technology to dye it. Mm-hmm. To put a lot of chemicals in it to make sure it doesn't damage, because leather damages quite easily. Mm-hmm. You put a scratch. You, the dyes in leather, you have to soak it in barrels of this really sometimes quite toxic dyes to actually get the dye to go through it. Because if you get in there with, let's say, um, a rivet on your jeans that is a little bit misshapen because you caught it on something and it scratches the leather, the scratch can't be seen in the leather and it has to the the color has to go all the way through so you can't just see the leather original color oh, okay. the dye has to go deep yeah you know so there's a so much that goes into these leather seats that it's complicated and it's expensive and that the leather has to sit in barrels of dye for weeks to make sure it soaks through all the way oh. and then you know you imagine how much leather comes off of a cow and how many cows it takes to do leather throughout a whole vehicle. Steering wheels, gear shifters, dash, seats, mm-hmm. you know, door panels. That's a, that's what maybe I'm guessing because I don't know. I haven't measured it out. Seven cows. Yeah, okay. That's a lot of leather because yeah. you can't use the whole cow because it doesn't always, you know, off cuts do little bits like gear shifters and steering wheels, but they don't do whole seats. I mean, it might take three cows to get every part of a seat done, and then you can use the offcuts for bits, but doors might take, you know, two cows for for two doors, right? So, or, you know, one cow for for two doors. That's that's two cows for both doors. So there's a lot, and you know, parcel shelf at the back behind the rear seat. What if you've got seven-seater SUV, leather in that? That's a lot of leather. Yeah, now we're double-digit cows. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're sort of like, you're talking a lot of cows. It's expensive. Mm-hmm. Cows are not cheap. And so it's an expensive process. So they've gone away. Volvo have gone away from using any leather. They're using all of this new material from Recycle because it's considerably cheaper. It's better from the environment. 
It takes less time to do. So this journalist sat there and said, and I have to quote because I, I, I think I heard it and I, I didn't go and do my face off. My usual, like, I'd like to go, what did you just say? Yeah. He said, I want, I want leather in your vehicles. I don't care about cows. <laughs> you know what, sir? The exit signs to the left. Yeah. Here's the deal. Why, I have to tell you, why does it matter what you want? Doesn't it matter what the customer wants? I mean, you're, to me, you're a journalist. You're reporting on what people want. You're reporting on the facts. You're not reporting on your opinions. You're reporting on what you find. You're saying, I see this vehicle pulling to the left, therefore there may be an issue, or this is what I find, this is my conclusion. Not, my opinion is, you know, that is that journalism? I don't know. It, it, it starts to be like somebody else raised their hand and said, don't you miss the grill? Well, let's, let's just rewind history a little bit. Do you remember when cars first came around, like in the 30s? There was the engines weren't so big that they didn't need grills. Grills were invented because they needed airflow to keep these bigger and bigger engines cooler. Air grills actually are negative for vehicles. Airflow, the aerodynamics, grills cause the vehicle to go slower mm. because they actually trap the air. When you have no grill in an electric vehicle, it makes the aerodynamics better because it flows around the vehicle. Putting a grill in a vehicle is a negative aero for a car. So having no grill is actually better, like those vehicles in the 30s that didn't have grills, is actually better for a vehicle for the aerodynamics. <clears throat> and the designer said, actually, it's better for us to have no grill. We get a bigger space to design vehicles, and it's better for the aerodynamics. Mm -hmm. Don't you miss the grill? Well, it doesn't matter whether I miss the grill or not. It's actually better for the vehicle. And we discovered something yesterday, Andy and I, by doing our due diligence and research. Mm -hmm. Electric vehicles are actually better because they convert about 60% of energy into what is on wheel goes onto the road versus gas, which only converts about 30%. Now, I get it. Electricity doesn't make a lot of sense financially right now, but ultimately... In 1901, there's a picture of New York City that I just saw that has one, I think it's maybe 1903, that has one horse, uh, one has one, elect, uh, one car on the streets. 13 years later, there is the same street pictured, and it has one horse <laughs> and all the rest cars. Wow. So just be warned, it's going to be the same. Yeah. You know, like... We're, when you, are you happy paying six dollars a gallon? Even if we go drill for more and more oil fields now, the scientists know that oil isn't there. Yeah, no. It just and, and and if it is there, we are going to have to frack and we're going to have to do all these things to get oil. There isn't a limitless supply, and it's going to cost us a lot of money. Plus, oil puts money in individuals' pockets, mm -hmm. and electricity doesn't as much. Um, there's there's a thousand ones, and we need to also have the national security of being able to whatever we do. It needs to be American oil. It needs to be American electricity. It needs to be American natural gas. It doesn't need to be coming from a foreign country. No, it doesn't at all. And, and it's a war in Russia and Ukraine that's caused partially these oil prices to go up. Just saying, I just don't like it when everybody argues 
for the wrong reasons. Argue for the right reasons. Yep. All right. There's a pack show coming up. Uh, Mike Cadell is next. We're going to talk about motorcycles. We're going to talk about summer driving. And we're going to talk about what he's been in. Can I get off my soapbox now? <laughs> Let me help you down. All right. I'm getting down. You're listening to Our Auto Expert. Welcome back to Our Auto Expert. Uh, you'll find Our Auto Expert on uh, your website 24-7. You can hear all past shows, see automotive videos, and read insider car stories about your next ride. It's where 2 million Americans get their automotive news. Is your check engine light on? Uh, you can get it checked for free. Uh, don't just ignore it. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today and let their professionals get... Uh, the scan going on your vehicle. It's a free service. They uh, retrieve the code, discuss the possible solutions, and even help you find a professional technician if you need it. Uh, they can even help you find a service center online. Just visit O'ReillyAutoParts.com and click on the Find a Repair Shop. When you see the check engine light, get the answer you need from the professionals. Uh, they're the people at O'Reilly Auto Parts, O'ReillyAutoParts.com. All right, he is a professional. Um, and many things, including including circus tricks. Uh, our auto experts, uh, Mike Cadell, he's on the phone. Um, yeah. <laughs> Mike, uh, you're back from a week of vacation, ready for the onslaught, um, and you uh, you have been visiting a brand-new BMW motorcycle dealerships. They had 139 in the U.S. before this, now 140 with a new motorcycle dealership opening in Nashville. I, I did, but I, just hold on a second. I want to go back to what you came out of break with because as I was listening, I didn't know that. And of all of us on this call right now on the on the show, everyone knows that I work on cars, right? Yeah. Like I worked on my Bronco. I, I, I love to get mechanical. Probably that should be my name, Mechanical Mike. Ooh. I did not know that O'Reilly does that yeah. because – when a check engine light goes on in our household, especially with my wife's vehicle, she's like, ah, we got to take it to the dealer, and then I got to call the dealer, and then I got to get on the phone, or, or I'm going to go on and, and go to Amazon and grab my own computer diagnostic tool. Like, I, I didn't know that, guys. That is such a cool way to drive business. Yeah, and right? one, one, of the yeah. Things, one of the things with a computer diagnostic tool that most people don't know that you buy on Amazon, it just gives you the code and then you're still stuck. Code. Yeah, then you've got to yeah, go look it up. Stuck. Yeah. So you still have I to get it fixed. I think that's awesome. I think I want to do a piece on that. I want to do like a television piece on like how to check your vehicle in the, in the cheapest way given what gas prices are. So yep. anyway, kudos for that. I thought that was really cool. And I didn't want to dance past it. As a mechanical guy, I did that. Um, yes, spring break is this week in Tennessee. I was at uh, a new uh, BMW motorcycle location here in Nashville. Uh, they invited me to come and check it out. I've been test riding uh, the BMW R18, but due to the winter months, it's like I got it in the mid middle beginning of winter, and I couldn't ride it. So we have this incredible weather. Uh, on St. Patrick's Day, I just got back into town, and the new dealership is called uh, Nashville Motos, M-O-T-O-S, Nashville Motos, and they have been blessed by BMW. They're taking over for pre-existing uh, dealerships that had been there for a long time, and I went and met with the president, the new owner of the business. He's got a variety of these dealerships across the country, and it was exciting to see our area get kind of new blood in the motorcycle 
world. In Tennessee, it's a big motorcycle community, um, and I'm riding that R18, and it's, I, I can tell you there's just so much to talk about. I get excited, guys, this time of year because it's like all of my helmets have dust on them, and I get to dust them off and make them pretty, and I get to go ride motorcycles. So I, I took my first ride down to a brand-new dealership, and it was a lot of fun. Um, the, I'm looking forward to, you know, BM, uh, BMW have a whole bunch of new electric motorcycles coming called the CEs, and I keep bugging them. The first one, I think, is the 04, which is coming, uh, which is actually a scooter, but no, I don't care. I want it. I want to go ride it. Yeah. It's supposed yeah. to come. So I started years ago, as you guys know, I started with Zero Motorcycles, when they first launched their electric brand. Uh, in Santa Cruz, California, I was like one of five people in a room. They've now got a couple hundred people around the world representing the brand. Electric motorcycles are super fun, uh, and I, I truly enjoy them. I'm at six foot three, so they're a little bit more difficult for me because the bikes tend to be smaller in stature. But I do want to talk about the elephant in the room really fast before we go to break. Elephant in the room is BMW R18. I was on two different calls last week with corporate, and if you follow YouTube, you know there are a lot of people that are really – you know, they're really chastising uh, BMW for the development of the R18 that was launched kind of right at that pre-COVID, COVID, COVID uh, timeline. And I got to tell you, I've spent time on this bike. And the more I think about it, Nick, you and I had a kind of a, a fun-spirited conversation about how bikes should fit and feel. And as I started thinking about this, I called my dad, who was a motorcycle police officer, and I said, look, I want you to look at the seating position because that's what everyone's talking about. Because of the, the horizontal motor on it, everyone's talking about the fact that you don't have place for your feet. And as I started to think about it, and I rode under great conditions on, on Thursday, the seating position is actually perfect. It makes me feel like I'm on a sportier motorcycle that I have more control of. If you want a big bike that you're going to cruise across the country, put freeway pegs on it. That's cool. But as I, I really got a chance to ride it, I went, you know what? I don't think the seating position is is that bad on this bike? And I think more than people ride it, they're really going to take take into the fact that it's a fun bike to ride and it's got BMW German DNA in it. I mean, they do have a very good reputation for longevity, I will tell you that. And the low center of gravity for a bike which weighs, what, 1,000 pounds or something ridiculous? Um, 900, yeah, yeah. It's heavy. I think if you get the the big um, the big version, which I had at one time, it's continental. Yeah, it's it's ridiculously heavy. Um, but but ultimately, a boxer engine is so low and so easy to uh, maneuver. Um, it, it's much easier to do that with. So um, there has been a lot of chatter about that too. But it's hard to break those uh, those Harley guys, and and that's been tough. Two really important points right driving to the heart of what you just said. So one is the fact that it's heavy. Heavy isn't a bad thing with a motorcycle. Sure, it's hard to maneuver the bike a little bit, but when you're out on an open freeway at 65, 70 miles an hour and you've got 18 wheelers on the side of you, you don't get banged around with that bike because of the low center of gravity and the weight. And even better than that, they've got this really cool reverse function. So you can flip the switch down under the left side of the seat when you're in neutral, and it puts the bike in reverse, and you take the ignition switch and push down on it, it will back the bike up for you, which is such a cool piece of technology in a motorcycle to help you displace the weight and park it into a spot. Like, I think it's misunderstood right now. If you're a Harley guy, sure, I get it. This bike sounds good. It has a great power band. It's heavy, which I like for my size, especially on the freeway, and it's packed with cool technology, adaptive cruise control, 
all the cool features that you get in, in a car, you're getting on this motorcycle, and a massive touchscreen right. right up front. Right. Um, and did I sell like, it? Did like, I sell it? Yeah, like Auto Andy, does it beep when it backs up? <laughs> yeah, it beeps. <laughs> does it beep when he no. backs up? Oh. No. Yeah, Andy, wa- no. Andy beeps when he backs up. I just do it instinctively oh. now. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, all right. When we come back from break, when we come back with break, uh, I want to talk a little bit about uh, the Mercedes you've been driving, the Pathfinder you've been driving, and uh, some other cool stuff that you've been doing. We're going to take a quick break. Mike Cadell's staying with us. Um, You've got more of our auto expert to suffer. So why should you just be alone? Bring your friends in. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Our Auto Expert Podcast. This is our auto expert. Find us on YouTube. You can start a conversation with us, ask us a car question, just direct messages at our auto expert. Our auto expert is where two million Americans get their automotive news daily. Mike Cadell is on the phone with us. We are talking about some of the vehicles that he has been testing. The Mercedes-Benz 450, GLE 450. I should uh, mention the SUV. Uh, Mercedes um, selling more SUVs than they do cars now, uh, sedans especially, and sports cars. Um, they do a pretty good job. Uh, of course, the G Wagon, the top of the line, and the smallest one now, I think, the GLA and the GLB. Um, and this is sort of right in the middle uh, of the pack. So, how did you find it? So what's really unique is that I think over the last month and a half, you know, Tennessee, we border seven states, and, and everything's within a few hours, like hour, hour and a half. So what we found since we moved here four years ago is that we do a lot of road trips on the weekend with the family. So when uh, the, the team at Prestige said, hey, we're going to send you a GLE during spring break at first, you know, I was like, ah, it's too small. You know, I got a 15-year-old, I got a 12-year-old, and then my wife packs, you know, for all of us together like she probably brings three massive bags um so i'm sitting here thinking you know what we're never going to fit everything in the back of this thing and it shows up and i'm just "Mm, Uh." but it's wide and so it was awesome um we dropped the back seat and uh we're able to get everything in there it looked great everything fit perfectly um here's one thing that's really unique about mercedes and this goes back to what we were talking about with the, the bmw brand as well with german engineering the suspension with the GLE was so soft. Like, I don't need it to be a performance vehicle. If I'm driving for two and a half hours, I want to be comfortable. Beautiful touchscreen on the inside, seamlessly integrates all my, my smartphone technology into the vehicle, great power band on it. You know, it's not an electric vehicle. It's not a, a diesel. Like, it's just a really great midsize SUV on the lug- higher-end luxury scale. Um, that isn't too big, easy for everyone to drive, and comes packed with a lot of cool creature comforts. And I think also the fact that they have this sort of now amazing opportunity in a lot of their SUVs to have the air suspension really changes the whole dynamic of a ride. As, as car companies started to put air suspension in these vehicles, which I think originally was a German thing, it really changed up the dynamic of rides. It, it, it has, and a lot of the technology really came from 18-wheelers because they were so tough on on the road that you needed to create forms of suspension, whether it's air ride on the chassis or air ride in the seats. And a lot of that technology made its way over to the auto industry uh, as vehicles you know, really needed to provide 
three to four different types of, of driving um, functions, right? So you have snow, you have dirt, mud. And the ability to adjust that electronically really makes the riding and driving experience much more comfortable. And I think the GLE is a home run. Price, it's it's on the higher end, team. It's going to be north of $62,000, $63,000 to get into the vehicle, um, the one that I was driving. And then if you top it out, of course, there's the AMG version. It's going to drive that, that price north of that. Uh, what's unique is when we were down in Chattanooga, which is about two and a half hours from here, we drove the Mercedes down. Um, and the vehicles that we test drive come out of Atlanta, so that, that great team at Prestige, uh, they didn't have as long of a drive. They dropped off a 2022 Nissan Pathfinder for us uh, to take back. So I'm actually sitting in that right now. It's the Platinum Edition with that beautiful brown baseball leather on the inside. And as you know, Nick, uh, Andy, Nissan, you know, freshened more than nine to ten vehicles last year. This is one of them, this 2022 model has a much different exterior look, uh, much more rugged feel as well, especially with the driving characteristics. I'm talking to the team at Nissan. They're like, hey, we're going back to a little bit of our heritage uh, as an off-road vehicle with this Pathfinder, and this one's four-wheel drive. Feels luxurious on the inside, rough on the outside. I think one of the things about the Pathfinder that most people don't really know is that the the colors and the interior, the exterior colors and the interior colors and colors and materials on the interior were all designed out of NDA in San Diego. Um, and, and it was designed by the chief uh, woman designer down there, which is really amazing. And uh, I talked to her actually on Friday and she said she lay on the beach. Um, you know, looking out of the waters and a lot of those, that, that brown baseball color came from the inspiration of looking at the sea and the sound in San Diego. So you should feel right at home there, uh, uh, Mike. I get asked weekly if I miss the beach. <laughs> and I don't. <laughs> I know it sounds terrible, but I, I really enjoy the four seasons here in Tennessee. As far as design goes, California is such a great state for automotive design because you have the ruggedness of the mountains you have snow in the winter and mammoth and up in up in lake tahoe and big bear but you can also within 45 minutes be on the ocean in southern california and and there's so much great inspiration and creativity the state gets bagged on a lot um but what's great about it is there's an incredible creativity out of the state when it comes to automotive design I think one of the things that uh, that she also told us, and she didn't want to go into too many details, was that she's been up in Alpine and up in the in the mountains around San Diego designing the next car that they're doing the materials for. So whatever that is, um, you'll see some some of the camping areas for, uh, for from uh, up in the hills around San Diego. You'll see some of the colors from that coming into the next Nissan that they're going to reveal. So um, just. Suck it in because that's where uh, where the color materials are coming for for the next vehicle, um, and that brings us perfectly to the to camping season is around the corner for a lot of America. Uh, people still aren't that comfortable leaving the country with coronavirus. I mean, we just saw fifty one um, million people locked down in China. Europe is getting uh, hit really hard with another wave of coronavirus, as is Korea. So uh, people are looking to perhaps adventure RVing, camping this summer. Uh, what should we be thinking about? One quick note on the Pathfinder for 2022. This is the first year they've integrated integrated a third-row seating. So just tuck that away. If you're looking for a third-row vehicle, don't want to go 
super big in size, you can get it in the Pathfinder. Yes. Camping season, we're about 60 days away from the official kickoff. Uh, Memorial Day being that real kickoff into the summer season. I'm going to be on the road starting July 13th for about a month uh, in a in a motorhome traveling parts of the country. Here's what's not everything about COVID is bad, right? Coronavirus, obviously, there's there's a lot more bad than good. But if there's one thing to be said, it's that we we are tighter knit as a family. We want to do more as a family. We realize that life is shorter and that we can still get away. Enjoy the camping world. Enjoy getting out in an RV, a motorhome, a, a travel trailer, uh, and spending time with our family. We're going to be doing a lot of that this year. Now's the time to plan. A lot of campsites around the country are getting booked up, whether it's a, a Campgrounds of America KOA spot or uh, private facilities. They're getting booked up. You've got to get in now. You've got to get your vehicles ready for uh, spring and summer RVing. Now's the time to do it. And if you want to buy um, they are out there and ready to be purchased. You just need to get in now and start negotiating deals on them because it's going to be a big, heavy year of camping for everyone. Oh, awesome. Um, I will tell you, I'm trying to work out how I can do RVing this summer with five dogs. I still haven't quite worked it out. Maybe I have to get Andy to take a week off, a month off work um, so he could also look after the dogs with my other half. Are you kidding me? Take a month off work to travel and get puppy loves? Yeah. yeah. All right. Sound me in. Deal. July. Done. All right. I'll just I'll just come and catch up with you wherever I am or in the country. Totally. That's fine. Right. Okay. I'll see you. A done deal. Deal. We'll do the radio show from the from the road. We'll just Go dial it. Are you okay with that well, uh, air filter? I'm so in for that. Okay. Yeah. I've yeah. I have some experience. You RV need to driving. plan it out. Yeah. If you have to plan it out team if you got to plan it out go to goRVing.com. that's the place to go to learn what it is you want to drive how you want to get there and then more importantly how to get there all of the information you need i i want to see i want to see andy take a 35 foot travel trailer and back it into a spot with two feet on each side see i got a how-to video on there you can check it out but it's that's where you go to learn about it <laughs> that's gonna take me 45 minutes but i'll do it mike <laughs> It's all that matters as long as you show up. As long as you show up, Andy. Yeah, no, that's, that is half the battle. That's like going to the gym. As long as you get there, the rest will take place. How am I going to get my laundry done? I've got to think about that now. I guess it'll be a laundry mat. Oh wait, this no. A lot of these come with a lot of these come with washers and dryers. The one that we we are going to be in has a washer and dryer, a bunk bed, a drop down from the ceiling. Like they come. If you get the right one. And I think in the case of, of your situation, Nick, you're going to need to be in a motorhome, not a travel trailer because of the dog. You're yes. not going to put dogs in the You're going to want to put them in the motorhome with you. And there's so much great flexibility with a motorhome uh, with pop outs on it. And what's, you can tow a cool electric vehicle behind you. What's the, uh, what's the weight, the, the maximum weight on that bunk bed? Don't look at me when you ask that. <laughs> <laughs> you thinking about one for Andy? Yeah, bug for Andy. No, I, I I said nothing. Yeah, I said nothing. Uh huh. I said nothing. What's the maximum weight on that bunk bed? I think it's three hundred and fifty pounds. Oh, we're oh. good. We're super good on a good week. I'm not that fat. I think it just depends on the week and what you had for dinner. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. No, we can do that, Nick. We're good. We're all the way good. The fridge will be full of fruit. Yeah, no, that's fine. I like pineapples. And apples. 
And that's a safe word. <laughs> uh, hi, is this GoRBing.com? We have emergency bunk bed repair. Yeah. <laughs> What's your guys' extended warranty price? Yeah. Is there an extended warranty on the bunk beds? I'm just, there is. Yeah. <laughs> there is. Fine. Oh, Mike Cadell, you can uh, see his videos at ourautoexpert.com. You can listen to this show. I don't, I don't know why you'd want to, but you can also see all of our reviews uh, right there. Ourautoexpert.com. Mike will be back again uh, next week and the week after and the week after that. We'll be right back. You're listening to Our Auto Expert. Welcome back to Our Auto Expert. Thousands of people have downloaded Our Auto Expert. 20,000 to be exact. Yeah, this week. Uh, podcast, you can stream it right at OurAutoExpert.com. Join the happy listeners by iHeartRadio, Pandora app, Apple Podcasts. You can even do it, even do it via Spotify and OurAutoExpert.com. And, and we're on multiple other places as well. Um, we're encouraging you to do it because um, Auto Andy and uh, Anthony are responsible for that. F. Low Anthony. You're you're not lying because I checked your work and I can found I can found it. Uh, you can found it. Mm-hmm. Hours of endless fun await you. Uh, you'll find all those beautiful podcasts right there. Uh, Amazon also have it, by the way. Amazon Music, so you could do it there too. Um, all right, you uh, you have prepared a sample for us to digest. Nick, I made a charcuterie board out, okay. of, out of the 2022 Toyota Tundra, the platinum kind. Delish. Because we wouldn't have the base model, never. Not there's anything wrong with it. But it's, there's nothing base about us. No, there isn't. <laughs> you have prepared, uh, you, you have enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. You loved it. You smelt it, licked it, touched it. Mm. And now you have a report on it. You've all, done a book report or a car report. All in that order. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I feel. Yeah, I do feel like a little kid giving my. This is like show and tell for me. Um. So, Nick, they start at a um at a pretty reasonable price. You can get into the Tundra family with just thirty six thousand dollars. All right. Or if you got up to seventy four, you can get the super luxury one. I can't touch those ones, but the capstone. Capstone, meaning the stone on the top of the arch. You know what a capstone is, Anthony? No, this sounds British. No. <laughs> did you actually complete high school? Yeah, it does. Uh, I'm a dropout, but I did eventually graduate college, but um, I did technically drop out of high school. Yeah. Okay. I don't want to even go there. <laughs> it does sound British. Capstone? I don't know what that is. Do you is. know what an arch is? No, a stone, stone arch. Is. Do you know sure. what uh, you Lewis know what cold stone is? <laughs> I know what cold yes. stone is. Yes. A cat. You know what an arch, a stone arch? You see this the arch, the stone arches. Sure. I'm thinking of Dallas and St. Louis, right? Right. Now. In the middle, at the top, there's a big stone that is often called a capstone. The capstone is the stone on the top of uh, uh, when you have you finish your masonry work. That's a capstone that goes mm. on the top of walls. Okay. Capstone is used. It's the, the final stone that you put on things to finish it off. Things we learned today. It's the beautiful last stone that's put into place when you do masonry work. I don't. Oh, you <laughs> I don't even. Okay. The I, capstone <laughs> is the last stone that finishes off a wall. Like the cherry on top, yeah. the cold stone. Okay, so you, 
you could you could call it the Toyota Cherry on top, the capstone version. Oh, I think they should have gone with that. They should have gone with that. That's way better. Yeah, you, you that's, guys, all, that's my language. I can understand. Yeah, that I one. get that now. You guys are you're killing me here. <laughs> the capstone is the super nice one though, so it makes sense. Um, but if you have more money, you can buy that. Okay, go. One of the big things about this one, Nick, is that they upped the towing capacity from from last year's model. It's not an all-new Tundra, but it's, like, a little new Tundra. Right. So, like, a lot of things they up. So, now you can get up to 12,000 pounds of towing. That's a lot. It's, like, it's like six tons. Okay. That's a lot, Nick. Um, and the, the car builder thing on the website, it's like a video game. I like that. I would encourage you to build your own Toyota car on their website. Okay. So, luxury, check. Power, check. Literally everything is check. Although, so we got, I got to be in the Tacoma earlier in the month, and there's a big contrast between the two. But I feel like if you're in the market for a Tundra or something like it, you're not going to be looking at the Tacoma and vice versa because okay. of the dichotomy of the two reasons why you'd have them. Right. Uh, the vastness of it. And what I, when, I'm, when I say this thing is big on the inside, I mean it. Like in the, the shoulder room, it's 65 inches, yeah. which is huge. Yeah. The leg room is 41.2 inches. That's a lot. And the hip room is 62.6 because the hips don't lie. There's a lot of stuff going on in here. Um, Nick, there's heated and ventilated rear seats. Yeah. So they're paying attention to your passengers. Um, Nick, I noticed this in the, in, a, in the BMW as well. And now hear me out. I don't understand this. This may be my ignorance. But when you stop the car, it, it like at a stoplight, it, the car kind of turns off. And it makes little little things on the screen that says, press the brake to turn the car back on. And then it just starts abruptly. Is that a new car thing? Or am no, I just... that's, that's because in a, in a hybrid, which it is, in the iForce, you have to push, put, or with a stop-start, you have to push the brake down harder to make sure it's, the brake is engaged before it'll turn the engine off. When you push the brake down hard, it'll turn the engine off. When you release it a little bit, it, it turns the engine back on. Oh, and it goes a little. Yeah. Oh, okay. So that was just me not knowing stuff. Yeah. Got it. Um, Nick has an all new, I don't know how to say this word, chases? Chassis. Chassis. Ch chassis? Chassis. Chassis? Yeah, chassis. It has a new chassis. Chases. <laughs> it has a new chases and suspension. Okay. They switched over to a new multi-link rear suspension with yeah. coil springs. There isn't. There, I just have to tell you, multi-link is kind of a, a word that is, there is no single link rear suspension in any vehicle, just to let you know. Uh, they're all multi-link, but versus, you know, leaf springs. Yeah, yeah, that's the big one. Because the, the, they are the uh, Tundra and the, the Ram 1500 are the only ones that use the coil. Everyone else uses leaf. Um, I already talked about the increased towing capacity up to 12,000 pounds, which is up almost a whole ton. Uh, one of the biggest cons with the Tundra per the uh, the masses was the small and outdated infotainment package and its usage. So they upgraded that. Now you get the you know the standard standard Apple CarPlay, Android Auto, a big old 14 inch infotainment screen. Um, one of the cool things about that, though, is that when you, you when you make your profile, like when we get in and out of all these cars, Nick, we always have to go through the, the you know, putting our profile in, registering our phone. And this one, just when you link it to a Bluetooth device, it gets your own profile. So that way, when you go into different Toyotas, it knows 
your profile. Oh, I like that. Yeah. So it doesn't just have to be in the Tundra that you get in. When you get into a, a newer a newer Toyota with that tech, it just knows who you are. So I like that. Uh, and the Tundra, the Platinum one, and the bigger packages, the bed is 8.1 feet long. I feel like after driving this, I should be able to test out and get my CDL license because that is huge. Nick, that's like the length of Shaquille O'Neal holding Spud Webb in the back. <laughs> that's so big. That's a lot. Like the turning, you really have to know about um, like triangles and stuff when you drive this car and angles and you have to anticipate because when you turn Nick, turning in the e-tron is much different than turning in a tundra when you have 47 feet of car that you have to turn. There's pivot points and things you have to you have to worry about. I may or may not have gone over a Kerber 5 because I didn't understand um, the, the angles and stuff in it. But, Nick, there's also other packages that you can get, not just the trims. You can get the TRD packages, which is just like throwing a whole bunch more money at more money. But you get really cool trick skid plates, bigger knobs and more brakes, and it's just it's all gas, Nick. It just doesn't stop with the Tundra, with the, the TRD package. Kay. You get so much more sporty. I like that. And then you, it turns into something that's really big and quick. Ba-boom. Like me. <laughs> but, Nick, I would buy the big Tundra. Big okay. I just, there's so many pros. There isn't really any cons. My cons are are subjective. All right. I like it when you're subjective. It's just a lot big. It's a lot big. It's too big. Too big? No. No. But for me, yes. But okay. for you, no. Okay. You're not too big for me. Aw. Aw. That's Andy's uh, Tundra report. All right, take your gold star, go back to sick at your desk. <laughs> this is our auto expert. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Our Auto Expert podcast. Locally created, nationally celebrated from the northwest to the southeast, this is the World's Car Radio Show. If it has a throttle, we'll feature it on air, online, on smartphone, or on smart speaker. This is our auto expert, where 2 million Americans get their automotive news daily. In the studio with us, Air Filter Anthony and Automatic Andy. And on the phone, uh, Perry Stern, who is one of the Our Auto Expert uh, expert expert writers. And he also can be uh, read at AutoNext and also AutoNext.net and also MSN.com. Uh, Perry, you have penned a expert article on the uh, five most exciting EVs that uh, most journalists who are in the thing will be driving this spring. But there are a plethora of new uh, electric vehicles hitting the market this summer, um, probably more than we could talk about in today's show. Some of them you have already driven uh, with a plug and some we get to drive. Um, you this week got to drive the Volvo C40 and also the Subaru Solterra. Um, how did you find those two? Uh, I was quite impressed, actually. And so uh, Solterra is the first electric car ever from Subaru. Uh, it's on a shared platform with the Toyota BZ uh, something, BZ4X. Something, something. <laughs> Perhaps the worst named car ever, but we'll get to that. Um, but the uh, Solterra, I mean, it, it, it's a proper Subaru. We drove it off-road. Uh, it's, it has uh, all of the off-road prowess that a typical Subaru does, but it's fun to drive on the road. 
Uh, got about 220 miles of range. Uh, so it's on the lower side of some of the newer models coming out, but still plenty for most. And uh, I think it's, you know, they're going to sell all that they can build, which unfortunately is not a huge number. Um, do they give you a price so far for that vehicle? They have not listed pricing yet. They expect that to be a little closer to on sale. Our estimate, based on similar vehicles, we expect high 30s, low 40s, something like that. And then, of course, it's uh, good for the $7,500 tax federal tax credit that you get. So that'll obviously bring the price down, the overall price down a bit. So about 30000 maybe uh, for the starting price by the time you've lopped off seven seventy five hundred dollars that would be my guess. It uh, might be a little bit higher than that. Um, but it does, even in the base model, comes very well equipped. Uh, it has, you know, voice activation. It's uh, And they all have the same powertrain. They're all all-wheel drive because, of course, Subaru. Yeah. Uh, so dual motor. And uh, it's, I think I said, about 218 horsepower. So it's not a rocket, but it feels peppy. You know, with any electric car, anyone who's had a chance to drive an electric car, you get all that torque all at once. And so even the lesser-powered electric cars are fun to drive. You, know, you get that instant response that uh, people like when they're behind the wheel. Here's one of the things. That, I mean, are they taking pre-orders for this, by the way? They are. Uh, they actually started pre-orders and in the first hour sold out about half of their annual uh, ability to build. Uh, so, you know, contact Subaru dealer and get your name on a list is really the way to go. It's not being done online then like most uh, car companies. I believe that the online portion has already been filled. Right. Uh, but uh, that's something I'd have to check into. But I believe that they have already filled everything that they can do online for at least the first year's supply. Right. Uh, here's, here's the problem with a lot of these vehicles, and we were talking about this earlier in the show, that they're just so expensive. They are. And, you know, the, the amount of time, it, even at $6 a gallon for fuel, which I was just down in California and saw those figures, uh, it still takes a while before you reach that balance of, uh, having saved money because you can buy a relatively inexpensive, fuel-efficient, gas-powered car. Um, and there's also the infrastructure issues. Uh, there's, you know, electric cars are definitely coming. There's so many more coming this year, uh, but it's still in its infancy, really. Yeah, I mean, electric cars up until about now, with a few exceptions, have been cars for the rich, haven't they? They have. I mean, you kind of need to have a house to charge it overnight. Um, there's not a lot of places where you can charge, uh, um, you know, you have to go and find a place to charge if you can't leave it charged overnight, because that's really the best way to have an electric car. Um, but, uh, there are some moves towards that, uh, and that kind of leads me to the Volvo. Uh, Volvo just ran, a, uh, announced a deal with Starbucks. And so over the next year or so, they're going to be putting, uh, DC fast charging stations at Starbucks. Uh, initially planning a route from Seattle to Denver. Yeah. And so every 100 miles or so, you'd be able to stop at a Starbucks and charge up your electric car. And I think uh, we, we have a joke on the show, of course, whoever whoever gets Starbucks uh, charging stations wins. Um, but it's, yes. it's just whoever does a deal with them nationwide wins, but it's really just between here and uh, we're between Denver and Seattle. So it's just a small slither of the cake. Uh, but ultimately, Starbucks would probably be well, Starbucks would be well served to put their own charging network together. They would probably do extremely well. The biggest problem that they have right now 
is most Starbucks in the United States don't have areas to put charging stations because they are in cities that don't have parking lots. There are very few Starbucks that have drive-throughs or parking lots of their very own because initially Starbucks were sort of in metropolitan areas without their own Starbucks. But more and more they're becoming uh, places that are sort of standalone and uh, could have their own parking lots. But a lot of times Starbucks are on street corners, those type of things. True, but it's you know Starbucks is a place you can go hang out for a half hour, forty five minutes, and not feel that you're just standing around in the middle of a parking lot, Uh, which is you know for a lot of these electric vehicles they do charge relatively quickly. So you know in you know half hour to forty five minutes you can get a hundred hundred and fifty miles of range. Um, Sometimes you can get a full charge or up to at least eighty percent in that amount of time. Twenty minutes, eighty percent if you have a Kia or a Hyundai, and and. The Starbucks charging network would be a masterful gene. I'm, you know that they're working on it. You know that they're working on it. If they're not, they should. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's work down our list. Who else do we have on that list of uh, those five cars? So I did mention the Volvo C40. That's a car I just drove this week as well. Um, much quicker than the Subaru because it's about 400 horsepower. So, you know, considerably more power. Feels very quick. It's a lot of fun to drive. Um, and it's, you know, proper Volvo. So it's, you know, it has all the safety features, the Volvo styling. Uh, it has an interesting integration of Android operating system. So it in- feels very high tech inside as well. Interesting is an interesting word. It, it it worked well for the things that you expect it to. Uh, so you can, you know, Google has Google Maps, for example, is kind of the go-to for, you know, navigation. If you don't have an integrated navigation system in your car, that's what the integrated nav system is in the Volvo. Uh, you can actually log in with your own Android account or Google account, and anything that you have searched for map-wise on your phone will then show up in your history on the car. Right. So, in that sense, it's it's somewhat seamless. Uh, you're also able to ask, you know, Google to uh, lower the temperature. You can ask Google very easily to take you to whatever navigation point you'd like to get to. Um, it worked pretty well, uh, but there it is difficult to find a lot of the the driving uh, settings. There are several layers in to the navigation or to the uh, interface, and so that part was a little frustrating. Right. Um, I signed on to that very vehicle with my uh, Google ID, and uh, it crashed the system. So uh, that it probably needs a little work. I have to say it probably does. I yeah. mean, with any new technology, you know, there's there's always going to be bugs, and uh, you know, we've you know, same with charging stations, same with the interface. That's going to be the case. Also, should point but, out uh, that it's it's somewhere j- just below sixty thousand dollars. So before tax incentives, yes. so not far off, you know, double the uh, the amount of the Subaru, or not quite double, just about uh, two thirds. It's definitely more expensive, yeah. and it and it granted, it is a more premium vehicle, also. Of course. Um, size wise, it's a little bit bigger, but not much. Uh, and while I'm sure it can do some light off roading, it's not really designed to do that. We should scoot through because we only have three minutes to get through three cars. Okay, well, very quickly, the Toyota BZ4X is built on the same platform as the Subaru. Initially, it will only be front-wheel drive. Eventually, they will have an all-wheel drive version, too. And between the two of them, my guess is it will be more style uh, requirements than anything else because (laughs) interior and, likewise, they're going to be very similar. Right. 
Um, the two big ones that are coming, though, uh, F-150 Lightning yeah. is going to redefine pickup trucks. I mean, yeah. this is an F-150, so this is the best-selling pickup truck in the world, in America. Um, and they are taking that same proven chassis proven truck and they have put a very powerful electric powertrain in uh going to be able to tow upwards of 10,000 pounds uh and it also can go zero to 60 in about four seconds so right. it's uh it's an impressive vehicle yeah and, and then, then of course we have the gmc hummer which is a whole nother level of power um right. th- this one's the highest level three electric motors thousand horsepower uh and uh, and torque off the scale. Yeah, nine thousand pounds. We should also mention too. So it's uh, it's yeah. heavier than a twenty five hundred truck, um, and it crab walks, and it'll cost you. It does what? crab walk. It's a hundred and six thousand um, for the well, first the edition. Well, the edition one is the yeah. the edition one, which is the first one coming out, is one hundred and twelve. Oh, nothing then. I'll have two, please. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Fine. And there will be an SUV version and a pickup truck version, from what I understand. Yeah. I mean, it's off the hook. I mean, it's, it's no doubt it's off the hook, but this is really sort of the, you know, this is the crown, the jewel in the crown version. Why not start with something that is, you know, um, an Olympic athlete? This is the Olympics version, and then we'll get the pedestrian versions later on, presumably in the Silverado EV version. It does seem an interesting way to go, but given that a lot of the electric cars have limited supplies to be able to make limited numbers of them, Starting out with something like this, which is going to have a limited audience anyway, I suppose there's some logic to that. Yeah. There is a plethora of electric vehicles coming, and there is a plethora of reading to do at Our Auto Expert. You can also see the video. Um, Perry has written, Mike has written amazing stories about this. Mike Meredith, by the way. You should read his stuff. You should read Perry's stuff. Uh, Go watch the video, which I did on these vehicles. There is so much to absorb. You will be up for weeks, and that's the way we like it. There's more Our Auto Expert on the way. Thanks, Perry. You're listening to Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert, uh, 17,000 people have downloaded uh, Our Auto Expert. Oh, wait, they're adjusting the figure. It just went up to 20. Look at that. 20,000 people downloaded Our Auto Expert podcast this week. Join the happy listeners by iHeartRadio, Pandora app, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. OurAutoExpert.com is where you can join the happy listeners. Hours of endless fun await you. Auto Andy, did you download the podcast this week? I download it twice a week, even though it only registers for one download. Yeah, well, you're wasting your time, aren't you, if you do it twice? Uh, joining us in the studio is uh, Auto Andy and, of course, Air Filter Anthony. Uh, we were in California last week. Did you see the gas prices? Insane. Insane. Six dollars a gallon uh you know running out and buying a new car probably isn't the answer immediately electric car is not the answer uh what is the answer is to find some clever ways to save gas um and burn less gas there is lots of ways to do it but why not go to uh, a company that has the expertise in saving you some uh, some money on gas and that is lucas oil uh morgan lucas joining us on the phone uh, Welcome to the show, by the way. The first time we've had you on. There are multiple ways in which you can save money on gas, and you guys have a, a couple of in-house trade secrets to help us do that, right? Oh, yeah. we uh, Really, first off, I uh, appreciate you guys having me on. Uh, it's definitely an honor. Um, looking forward to talking to you guys. I've been all week. And, uh, and 
we do. We actually have uh, quite a few products, and, and right now it, um, our products are, are, I think, as needed as, as ever, just based on the market, uh, the, the lack of manufacturing of new vehicles, the, the issues that the, the world is facing right now. Um, our products were originally designed kind of as a, you know, we call them fix-it products because we like to fix problems. It's uh, really um, what drives us is trying to help people save money and, you know, prevent problems or just, like I said, fix them. Um, everything from, you know, crankcase issues to transmission issues, power steering, fuel system, uh, front to back, as well as industrial, commercial fleet stuff. We're, we're pretty much, we try to be all-encompassing and, um, we, we can produce a lot of product, but we still have this kind of boutique vibe. But you're right; uh, fuel prices are crazy right now, and it's 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 where our fuel treatment and all of our fuel treatment lineups kind of shine and and help consumers save money. It helps them go longer between pumps, uh, you know, and it stops, and helps keep injectors clean and keeps cars running a little more efficient. Um, something we take a lot of pride in. I think one of the things that people don't think about is. You know, you have an older car, it's not necessarily trading it in to get something that's more fuel efficient. You can use the car that you have to become more fuel efficient. Um, just getting it cleaned up and uh, adding something to the tank to uh, to get it uh, working better. Uh, use the systems that it has on board right now to, uh, to get it tuned better up. Um, that way... Uh, as you said, uh, when you put gas into the tank, it goes just a little bit further, um, maybe saving you a few pennies, a few dollars every time that you go to the gas tank. And ultimately, if you're paying $6 a gallon in California, just imagine that you were just paying five fifty a gallon uh, because you tuned your vehicle up. That way, uh, pushing the price of gas down, theoretically, in your own tank, right? Um, 100%. Um, you know, there's a lot more used cars on the road today than there have been uh, in, in the past, or at least for a long time. Um, and as you said, uh, buying a new car doesn't necessarily solve the problems because for the last, I don't know, five years or so, maybe even decade, um, there's been so many advancements in the technology behind these vehicles that uh, it's empirically better now than it was in the 1970s, 80s, and even 90s. Uh, as far as pollutants and different things when it comes to NOx emissions, issues like that. Um, so what we try to pride ourselves in is keeping cars running their best. So, and that's not an easy feat. You know, using oil products to get into your fuel system um, or even in a crankcase trying to keep rings sealed up better, it, it's tough to do that. But once you really kind of figure it out, you know that it's, it's really actually going to help people at the end of the day. Is it something you can add to your tank to uh, to clean your, your fuel system out or make a gas tank, uh, uh, make some gas last longer, um, and something you can add like once, or are we talking about additives that need to go in every time you fill up? Well, you know, we have kind of products that fit every need, really. Um, we have a, a very vast lineup of, of fuel treatments because we don't want to solve uh, part of the problem. We don't want to be able to go and solve all of the problems. Uh, and when you look at our standard, our first fuel system cleaner in general, it's called the uh, our upper cylinder lubricant or fuel treatment, as we also call it. Um, it's a five and a quarter ounce, uh, you know, little bottle of, of uh, product that you can dump straight into your gas tank. I, I, there's a lot of people that try to do it every stop. I think that you know if you could do it 
every other stop or every few, it really does, you're going to maximize benefits from that. Um, if you've never used it before and you have a car that's got 50 plus thousand miles on it, maybe use it for a few stops in a row. Um, it's going to help clean out a lot of gunk. I mean, if your injectors have anything fouling them up at all, you're going to get an inconsistent burn. You're going to be consuming more fuel and you're going to be diluting your oil in the crankcase faster. You're just going to be having a consistent amount of problems. And also to, to that point, there's a lot of cars with, you know, small engines with turbos on them these days. And, um, just that extra boost can cause some extra havoc in there as well with the fuel system and the combustion chamber. So, our products just go in, we, we clean, we try to get them back to square as much as possible and, and even help them out uh, as far as from the efficiency of um, just the overall burn of the fuel in general. I like the idea that uh, all we have to do is go to the uh, lucasoil.com website and you actually have a whole list of products out there that, uh, that do fuel treatment and you have a nice big bright yellow sticker on the top of the products that say fuel saver and so all you have to do is identify them that way and then you can read the little paragraph that tells you what it does and what it should be added to so immediately you can identify what is a fuel saver and then whether it's the right one for you 100 percent, and, and we're even trying to take that a step further right now um, by adding qr code to the front of our labels to try to help every customer understand the you know, there's a limited amount of space in the back of a label to really tell people all the benefits that you can see. So we try to prioritize those. But creating these landing pages, I think, is going to help people have a little more real-time information and uh, become educated a lot easier. Uh, it's not something new to this space. I think there's a lot of people in the world doing that now. But for us, um, we, we really feel like we have a lot of information to give. So it's, it's a really cool opportunity for us. And we spend a lot of time and money marketing our brand, um, and it's really hard to make oil cool or sexy, right? I don't know. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I can tell you. I can tell you, Morgan. If uh, if it sells people money, it's it's uh, definitely sexy. Uh, what I'm going to just 100%. suggest, I'm going to suggest uh, to everyone, Morgan, is go to uh, LucasOil.com and you can find the product there, or you can find it at your uh, your local automotive store. Uh, Morgan Lucas is from the Lucas family. You want to save some money? Hate six dollars a gallon? You know where to go. LucasOil.com. This is our auto expert. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Our Auto Expert Podcast. Welcome back to Our Auto Expert. You'll find us on TikTok. You can start a conversation with us. Ask us a car question. Also, read our articles on all the next star TV stations. Uh, for instance, go to ktla.com and uh, read about the five most exciting electric vehicles that we get to drive this month. Uh, that is one of the articles and videos that we just recently did uh, for all the TV stations. Uh, but one of the most exciting vehicles, unfortunately we don't get to drive for a little while yet, hopefully soon, is the new Volkswagen ID Buzz. Yep, you remember the Volkswagen bus from uh, the 1960s? Well, the latest generation of the bus comes back to the United States and it was revealed recently at South by Southwest. Of course, uh, our friend Mark Gillies is here to tell us all about it from VW. So, uh, Mark, the first question is, does it have an ashtray? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, had, I had to ask that one. Um, I asked everybody if it was appropriate. Everyone said, yes, it's definitely an appropriate question. Um, it, 
it's a an icon, I think, for not just America. I mean, definitely Southern California, but for the world, um, it definitely speaks about the uh, the seven, the sixties, the seventies, the traveling van. But it's really something that uh, was an icon of those eras and those times. Um, but there's probably a lot of pressure to recreate uh, from the original. Um, for the modern times, really, wasn't there? Sort of to, to redraw the historical, but at the same time moving forward on this new electric platform. Yeah, I mean, basically back in 2001, we showed a car, I think it was a Geneva show that, you know, evoked the old microbus. And we've done, I think, the four concepts since, or maybe, maybe four concepts in total. Um, but basically, the only way we could get the proportions when you look at it was on the electric vehicle architecture. So, kind of serendipitous that it's come back as, as an EV. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I saw it for the first time um, in a studio a couple of weeks ago. And I was, I was kind of shocked because it, it looked more like the concept than I thought it would. So right. um, particularly in the two-tone colours, it, it looks, you know, I'm, I'm kind of paid as a Volkswagen person, but it, it, it is cool. I mean, and it really um, has captured people's, people's attention. And we've got mountain of publicity uh, it was down at South by Southwest turning turning heads. Um, yeah, it's, it's a pretty cool thing. Unfortunately, it's one of those things that's really hard to tell from pictures because uh, modern design now, it's it's the proportions are different. I mean, when you see someone next to it, it's a little easier. But, but you're not quite sure how big things are um, when you see just the vehicle on its own. Uh, and it's interesting... We're a lot, a lot with these new designs because proportions of things change quite a lot because you don't have an engine anymore. So you can usually tell oh, that you know there's probably an engine that size under there and the lights are that size. But now all, all sort of relevancy is thrown away really because you have that skateboard sort of design, and that means um, anything goes almost. A lot of the the regulations are changing, so headlight sort of sizes are changing so how you used to size up a vehicle uh, changes an awful lot and then i i remember i remember seeing a lot of your sort of concept designs and then you took a, originally one of those uh, old 1960s vans and you turned it into electric i remember seeing that at california at your uh, one of your research centers that white one that was amazing um so there's a lot of you sort of done this project's been i don't know you've been working up to that for quite a while right yeah, I mean, we showed the, the, the electric concept back in 2017 in Detroit, um, uh-huh. and we, Dr. Deese, who's the CEO, signed off on it, um, basically at Pebble Beach that year, so we were putting it into production. Um, so now it's in production. I mean, the unfortunate thing is that we don't get the U.S. version for a little while. The, the, the version everybody saw is what we call the normal wheelbase. That's going on sale in Europe um, be delivered to customers this fall, basically, but we won't show the longer wheelbase version with three rows of seats um, until probably early next year uh, on sale in 24. But, you know, obviously Americans generally like bigger vehicles, um, you know, and as spacious as the the two-row uh, normal wheelbase buzz is, you know, I, I think for Americans and American families and people will be using the vehicle to schlep kids to soccer games and, and that kind of thing the extra row will be pretty important yeah you're probably gonna crush the minivan segment with this because it, yeah everybody and there's nobody with a with an electric minivan so far everybody's sort of hybrid uh plug-in hybrid is about as 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 advanced as it's got um nobody's sort of 
suggested an, an electric one coming yet, even though uh, you know we've all been asking for it. And this is absolutely perfect. Um, it, couldn't, it couldn't be more perfect. Um, people have been begging for it. It's interesting, though, uh, obviously... Europe is a, bit, a little more advanced and they have some hefty goals when it comes to uh, electricity uh, and electric vehicles. Um, but America's screaming, especially $6 a gallon in California, screaming for more electric vehicles. And uh, the, the biggest probably problem you're having right now is people are like, where are electric vehicles? Uh, I know that several times uh, I've been uh, going to VW dealers to film vehicles and uh, I've you know, the night before, yeah, we've got a ID4 um, all-wheel drive version. Yeah, it pop up and uh, you can film it in the morning. And by the time I've got to the dealer at 9 a.m., it's sold. <laughs> so that's just the way it is, you know. Um, and so people are begging for more and more and more, and you probably can't make them fast enough, right? Not the ID4. I mean, the problem we've got with ID4 at the moment is, you know, there's some supply chain issues due to um, Mr. Putin's adventure um and you know we, we're not even building id4s at the moment um so you know we, we we can't wait for you know to come on stream in chattanooga this summer with production of id4 you know we've got a lot of orders out there and as we say you know people have started to squeal seeing gas at you know between four and six bucks a gallon and and at that point you know the advantages in terms of uh, cost savings of an EV become even greater than than they were when you know gas was what four bucks in California and about two fifty where I live. So um, you know suddenly people go, oh, you know this this makes a lot more sense when you when you look at potentially you know higher gas prices. Um, so yeah, I mean it, it, and, and again you know EVs are I'm running an ID four and it's it's a terrific thing to drive. You know once yeah. you get once you get used to driving an EV. Um, I think it's kind of hard to go back to a gas car unless, you know, you have to do a lot of, you know, towing of big things because, you know, that's the one area where EVs are, are weak compared to, um, you know, big pickup trucks or yeah, big, yeah. big SUVs. I think, and, and as time goes on, it's like anything else, we'll solve those problems. I was just talking about it earlier that... Uh, we we uh, we I saw a picture. I think it was from from the early nineteen nineteen oh three maybe of a picture in New York where there was a, um, a street that had one electric uh, one sorry one gas car on it and horses and carriages. And thirteen years later, it had one horse and carriage and all uh, all cars. So ultimately, we'll probably be in that situation at some point in the future. Um, there will be um, many, many uh, electric vehicles replacing the gas vehicles, and we'll learn how we can have electric vehicles uh, with towing or learn how to make our towing lighter. Um, there's got to be ways for us to adapt, and it'll just happen over time. Um, and we'll just have to overcome problems of supply chain. That's just one of the things that'll have to be done. Um, we're, uh, we've adapted over the last uh, 2,000 years to a lot of difficult situations and I'm sure we'll adapt to uh, overcome the current ones that we have. The bus itself um, is it scheduled to uh, to go online in 2024? Is that when production will happen in the US? Sure, for the US we, the car's always going to be built in um, Germany or that's, that's the current plan um, so basically the long wheelbase version goes into production later um, so you know, it, it's usual with Volkswagen. We usually, we always sell um, 
I guess, the base version of a vehicle first. And then as time goes on, we add different variants. And, and that's always been the way. It's the same, you know, with the Golf, you always get the GTI and the Golf R later. Um, so generally, you start with the, the, the lower priced, uh, bigger volume first, and then, you know, go into the uh, different versions later. So, you know, from our perspective, as I said, it, it's going to be first deliveries are going to be in 2024 of, of the US version. One thing that was interesting about proportions, though, is, you know, the one thing that's interesting about the, the, the bus or the normal wheelbase version is it's a little bit longer than a Tiguan, but not much longer, yeah. but it's as wide as an Atlas. So it's got the, the width of a, a midsize SUV. And it's slightly longer than a compact SUV, but that's why it gives you that very four square stance. And the other thing is it's all the pictures you've seen are cars on 20s and 21 inch wheels, which right. again, you know, gives you, uh, a, it makes those proportions look a little bit different. I think it's just harking back to what you were saying earlier. It's, it's very interesting how, you know, the stance of the vehicle is very different to what I'm used to seeing with a yeah. conventional minivan. minivan. Yeah, it- I'm I'm always I'm always finding I can't really size up some of these new vehicles, especially um, the electric ones, until I actually see it in see it myself because um, because it's and especially some of those interesting colours that you've uh, that you've got in that uh, in in the ID Buzz. Um, some of the camo stuff I saw coming off the factory line was also a little bit uh, optical illusionary. I uh, just couldn't couldn't work, couldn't work it out with those stripes, uh, what sort of shape it was, um, those type of things. So I, I'm looking forward to. Uh, I'm sure you'll have it at some event uh, sometime in the future. Um, again, Mark, you guys at VW seem to be uh, just slinging the hook and um, hitting hitting balls out of the park just constantly with the vehicles that you're bringing out. And congratulations! Uh, looks like another winner um, for uh, for VW. But uh, I guess we won't actually know. How, uh, how well it does until we see some on sales. But the ID Buzz, uh, another success. Let's just hope that uh, things die down for everybody's sake in Europe um, and the Ukraine and we get some, uh, some parts made um, and we can get some more people into some vehicles uh, very, very soon. Mark Gillies is from the VW PR team and they have just announced their VW Buzz, the return of the bus which was so famous in the 60s. I'm Nick Miles. This is our Auto Expert. You're listening to Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert radio show with me, Nick Miles. Yep, all you got to do is listen to those 20,000 people telling you to download the podcast. I'll give them your home phone number. That podcast is available on multiple streams, iHeartRadio, Pandora app, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, OurAutoExpert.com, and Amazon.com. Hours of endless fun await you. All you have to do is listen to that very special podcast. I'm Nick Miles. Auto Andy is here. Air Filter Anthony. And Anton Wallman joining us. He's an independent analyst and investor. You can read the majority of his stuff at the street and Seeking Alpha. Um, He joins us every single week to talk about what is the latest piece of information that you can find out about the business of the automotive world. Uh, and on this uh, very week, the quarter is drawing to a close with uh, only a dozen days left to the end of the quarter. So where are Tesla sales numbers in Europe? It turns out, well, it's a fairly uneven picture, right? Yeah. So uh, to recap for people who haven't been following this thing for the last uh, almost a full decade, uh, Tesla usually ships 
its cars and batteries to Europe from its factories in both China and in the United States so that they tend to arrive late in the quarter and that typically, therefore, the first two months of the quarter, that would be January and February in this case, tend to be very light. And then in March, especially in the last couple of weeks of March, uh, this thing just skyrockets upwards. And clearly, uh, in part, we've seen that this quarter as well. But uh, from the countries that are actually reporting daily data, uh, we're only seeing like a decent uptick uh, in countries that mean anything. In Norway, which has been, of course, one of Tesla's largest markets and usually was its largest markets until about a year or two ago, um, but in uh, one of the other large markets, the Netherlands, which is an enormous market for Tesla, it's basically nothing. Uh, and uh, even though Tesla has done okay, relatively speaking, in Spain, Spain is just such a tiny market for electric vehicles that it's nothing. I mean, they've sold around 600 vehicles so far this month. So in Spain, and uh, that's why, you know, they, they had really had better pick up dramatically here over the last um, over the last uh, 12 or so days of the quarter, because otherwise um, Europe might not be contributing as much as uh, uh, Tesla's recent run rate has, has otherwise tended to indicate. It's interesting, really, uh, as far as Tesla's concerned, because they sort of run hot and cold. I mean, some, some months they do really well, or some quarters they do really well, and some months they don't do as well. But over Europe, also, it depends how legislation looks in separate countries, right? So uh, as That's right. I mean, you keep in mind that, Nick, the, 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 the daily data that we get are not from all countries in Europe. So there have been instances in the past where, for example, the U.K., suddenly had a dramatic big quarter. This happened just uh, about a year or two ago yeah. when, you know, especially in the fall of 2000, when uh, when Tesla had a very, very big uh, several months in the UK that made up for weaknesses in, in many other countries. So clearly uh, this has happened before and, you know, got countries that are large and absolute terms that if Tesla can just get a decent share of the market, like Germany, almost obviously with over 80 million people living there, that uh, they could easily make up for these things. But sadly, Nick, we don't get daily data from those countries. We get daily data from only three countries in Europe. And while they tend to be directionally representative of where the continent is going, there's a clear margin of error there that we have to uh, be humble about. Which countries are the biggest in Europe for Tesla? Well, it, it, it shifts around, but I mean, it used to be in the past, right until a couple of years ago, it was the Netherlands and Norway. But of course, in the last couple of years, the, the nominally the big countries like Germany and the UK uh, have, have tended to catch up. So they're, they're now are roughly on even Steven with them. Is Tesla now too big to fail in some places in the world? Well, I mean, fail, that's, that's a term that they're in control over that to some degree because what has happened is that they've been able to raise so much capital on favorable terms, and they did so very much in, um, 19, in 2019, 2020, and, and going into early 2021. So they've been able to raise money that they have now a bit of a war chest so that um, they're, they're not really dependent on new financing anymore for, for the next uh, couple of years. Interestingly enough, though, there are some places that uh, Tesla is still struggling a little bit. Um, even though they're an American-based company, uh, there's so much product coming out in, in the States now. Um, and they're, obviously they're having issues here as well that uh, we're looking to see, are they going to be able to 
there's the factory that hasn't really got off the ground that well in in Austin. There's challenges here constantly. Are they going to be able to get a foothold here with people like Ford just banging out things like the F-150 Lightning, um, the, the new vehicles coming out from GM, and GM have the Lyric, they have the, the Hummer EV, they have the Silverado. I mean, they're pumping out new electric vehicles coming thick and fast. It looks like that they're going to be competing with Tesla head-on with multiple models. Tesla only basically have three or four new models out there, and looks like there's going to be as many of competitive models coming out monthly here from uh, competitive uh, companies. Yeah, Nick, really the big picture here is that regardless of geography, competition is coming on extremely strong with more models than we can keep count on. But in the big picture here, you have to understand this. Um, Globally, Tesla had in year 2020 16% worldwide market share among electric vehicles, 16%. That fell in 2021 to 15%. You may say, all right, that's not much of a drop-off, one percentage point, fine. But in Europe, that number was already in 2020, was already down to 7%, and it fell to 5%. So 5% market share among electric vehicles. That means, Nick, that Tesla's market share in North America and in China is significantly higher than these numbers. And it held up in those countries reasonably well. So in China and the U.S., particularly those two countries, Tesla's market share in 2021 did actually quite okay. Overall, it didn't fall. may even have risen a fraction of a percentage point. Um, But in Europe, where competition is the toughest in terms of a, a wide, diverse field of competitors, I mean, a market share dropped from 7% to 5%. That's a pretty big drop-off. And I think really what that does is that it portend, it it really speaks to what we can expect really broadly, both in North America and in China, as that competition now is, is happening in a significant way in 2022, in a way that it simply didn't occur in 20, even, you know, in 21, let alone 2020. Yeah, if you look at it, I mean, some of my colleagues have nine electric vehicle drives in a row, one after the other this year. So um, Yeah, no, I mean, it is the new hot thing, right? I mean, if you're looking at as a percentage of the new vehicles that are coming into the market, it's significantly higher than the existing stock of product that's uh, for sale. I mean, test drives of the Nissan Sentra and the Toyota Corolla and so forth are few and far in between. They tend to be, you know, all new car comes every five or six years and there's a refresh somewhere in between. Now the hot new thing is that they're coming out of the blue that uh, vehicles that simply don't replace a previous vehicle that are virgin territory here to the market are, are really the EV. So that's really what's going on. It's a flow versus stock thing where where the, the flow of new EVs is far greater than the stock of existing ones already in the market. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, if you want to find out more about what's going on in the business side of electric vehicles and autonomous vehicles, and of course, in what's going on in the car world, Anton Wallman is your guy. You can read his stuff at the street and at Seeking Alpha. Uh, of course, he is an independent analyst and inventor. It's going to be a bumper year because there's big news on uh, vehicles uh, level three, on uh, electric cars, and of course, on the business side, including tech. Tesla. That's all coming in the next six months. You want to stay tuned because it's going to change the face of automotive industry as we know it. And Anton is right there. Probably nobody else knows as much as he does. I'm Nick Miles. This is Our Auto Expert. 
You've been listening to Our Auto Expert with Nick Miles. Find all the show episodes at ourautoexpert.com. Please follow us on all social media, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Our Auto Expert. And message us for a quick and witty response. 